the QMC Board and Collar Series for EMS Professionals welcomes you to Excuse My Medic, the podcast version of an MCI with Gary Harvat, Chuck Humphrey, and Ed Marasco. Excuse My Medic takes a unique look at today's emergency medical service with news and information, opinionated discussions, lively talk, sporadic jabs, and even a few belly laughs from our world of emergency medical services. Excuse My Medic is brought to you by Quick Med Claims, a national leader in emergency medical service revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, hang on to the bench seat and tighten your lap belt as these old guys from EMS Past take you on a Code 3 ride without touching the brakes. You've had the disclaimer, and if you're still brave enough to stick it out, let's get started. Take it away, guys. Well, good day, everybody, and welcome to another rousing edition of Excuse My Medic, or as we seem to call it now, we shorten everything up, EM2, and this is the holiday edition. Hey, it's been a while since we've been together, but uh, joining me once again are my esteemed colleagues, Chuck Humphrey and Ed Marasco. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, Gary. Hey, Gary. Good to be back together. Yeah, it's great. We're all kind of spread out over the countryside here. I'm here at home base in Pittsburgh. Chuck's up northeast Pennsylvania near the Danville area, and Ed is in a little bit of a warmer climate down south in Hilton Head, South Carolina. So, uh, Ed, how's things been going with you guys down there since uh, you've made, I, I know you haven't made the full move yet, but uh, you're spending more time south than you are north of late. Right. Well, we have not made the full move. In fact, we just got back here uh, day before yesterday. We've been in Pittsburgh for the last uh, couple of months, and I got to tell you, it's it's not nice to have winter greeting you again. We had some cold days, and thank goodness, knock on wood, no snow, which I know Chuck has seen a little of, I guess, already. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Chuck and yourself, you just well, celebrated your uh, first anniversary, I might add. I think that was what, back in November around the Thanksgiving time frame? Yep. November 20th. Um, She's putting up with you for another year, Chuck. Holy it is a miracle. God. There are miracles in this world, and that's <laughs> one are. of them. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Good warm down. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. How was your Thanksgiving, Chuck? It was wonderful. Yeah, we uh, we hosted a, a very nice, uh, fairly good-sized party here. Um, we have a uh, here, and I live in Berwick, Pennsylvania, so we have um, one of the storied longest foot races in uh in the uh, united states uh it's called the run for the diamonds and that runs every thanksgiving morning and uh, my son-in-law participated in that and one of brenda's uh nephews who is a runner for bloomsburg university of pennsylvania and he actually came in 23rd of a field that was several hundred people uh so he has a promising running career upcoming i think he's a sophomore this year uh, so Peyton did a great job. And uh, so my son-in-law decided that he was going to um, stretch himself this year. And uh, he ran and uh, it's a nine mile race. So he ran it in just a little less than an hour and a half. So it was great watching. Uh, we went and watched them uh, take off and then uh, mill about town. And then you watch them come in. It's on a, a, a downtown street. Um, and it's it, it's just a wonderful event. It's uh, something that's a very big tradition in our community and uh, so after that, the boys came and showered, and we all filled ourselves with turkey and uh, had a wonderful time. Yeah. Good. Ed, and how about your family with Thanksgiving? 
Yeah, we had it. We had it at home. It was the last Thanksgiving at the house in Pittsburgh, so it was uh, it was wonderful. I had the whole extended family there. And Chuck, I got to tell you, and and my youngest is a runner too, uh, and actually the oldest is too. Not as quite as much hasn't run as many marathons as the youngest. But um, the only thing I'm running to these days is the Thanksgiving table. That's me too. <laughs> well, you guys are making me so, so envious because sadly, um, Ed will attest that you know when the Harvett family gets ready for Thanksgiving here, we go off the deep end. So you know we vacuum underneath our bed. Um, um, you know, so I'm not sure why we do that. You might notice I'm speaking in a little bit of a hushed tone because I'm coming from home today and my wife is upstairs. But um, um, so I don't want to get into more trouble. But you know, like vacuuming under the bed, I used to say to her, "Hun, like who's gonna who's gonna look under the bed when they come to visit?" But we did it. So we had the house all ready to go, all ready to go. Uh, my youngest son, who still lives with us, went on a business trip for his company to Chicago, and came back and brought us COVID. Oh no! And oh, uh, no. so he was a sick boy, which in turn. Uh, got my wife sick, and she uh, was negative first test, and then second test, bingo. So uh, we were on the phone canceling Thanksgiving for 17 people uh, oh. that were coming here. But, hey, it all worked out well because we got a turkey breast and Bob Evans' uh, um, mashed potatoes, which I like, and uh, we made our own little Thanksgiving here, and the other 17 of them they went to restaurants. They did things at home, but um, and you know what? This is this is such an incredible uh, season. I mean, we've got the pandemic out there, but we also have this this what is it RSV, and mm -hmm. we've got the flu. And um, I mean, I had a terrible sore throat earlier this week that thankfully has passed, but uh, my wife's still upstairs. She's she's still hacking away. And uh, you talk to other people, it's it's really been bad. You wonder. You know, the poor EMS folks, once again, out there in the trenches, uh, how much they're seeing with this. Um, I did the, even the telehealth thing. And I asked the, I had uh, a nurse practitioner and I said to her, you know, is this all you've been doing? She goes, this is pretty much what we see every day. She goes, I work 12-hour yeah. shifts, 15 minutes uh, per, per call. That's it. Yeah, Joyce, you know, Joyce works the urgent care center down in, um and uh just east of, of downtown pittsburgh and she uh she had two record-setting shifts her last two shifts she saw 52 and 53 no, my in a 10-hour shift um by herself you know she's a sole provider and it's exactly what you said it's all it's yeah. all that kind of stuff you know yeah, the flu is wild any i talked to one of the uh, one of our clients in, out in west des moines iowa she flew this week and you know they're busy as all get out i mean just crazy it's crazy and of course you know uh, my son and his family, my grandson and uh, my daughter-in-law were coming in from Seattle. And so we we kind of patched ourselves back together by Saturday after Thanksgiving because that's when he arrived. And we we're all feeling pretty good. So we're all kind of happy that, hey, you know, Mike's doing, Mike's coming in. And so Mike comes in. He's not through the door two minutes. He's like, Dad, I'm going down. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm so sick. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. It was oh. just... It was just a joy here at the Harvard. Wow. So, <laughs> oh, talk about looking forward to coming back to work. Trust me. Yes. Yes. Uh, all, all in all, it's all good. Well, it's been a while since we've been together, guys, and there's been a lot changing uh, with us both professionally and personally, but also 
of course, in the industry itself. And we have a couple hot topics out there that we thought we'd share with our listeners today. And um, Chuck, I'll, I'll start with you, if that's okay, and uh, give them a couple updates on some things that are happening around the industry and um, let them know what's going on. Yeah, sure. So, you know, every one of the uh, listeners out there, if you're an administrator in an ambulance, uh, you're now knee-deep in Ground Ambulance Data Collection System, or GAC, DCS. Uh, those of you who are year one and two, a little delayed for COVID, but um, you're about ready to embark upon your reporting period next year. Uh, either you're going to start in January or you're going to start somewhere in the mid-year, depending on your uh, your fiscal year cycle. Um Yesterday, there was a webinar that uh, CMS put on the folks at the RAND Corporation, who is the nonprofit that developed the reporting tool, um, have been regularly doing updates. And I must say fairly well, um, you know, CMS uh, webinars are like listening to paint dry, but um, the, the, the RAND folks are very engaged. Uh, now, it's technical in nature, but it has to be because they're explaining the different elements, but the, the, the roles um, were explained. There's two roles. There's a submitter role and then there's a certifier role. Yesterday they uh, did a webinar, which is recorded by the way. So I would recommend that you visit the, uh, if you just Google ground ambulance data collection system, it'll pop right up there. CMS has a website and they'll have that presentation recorded for you to listen to. If you didn't take it in yesterday and then the, the certifier one is coming up on December the 15th. Um, and this is to understand that once you log into the reporting tool, you'll have to declare your role, whether you're just putting in the data or then you're putting in the data and certifying it. So I think it's important that you listen in on that. Also, there is a new PDF available uh, if you want to download it. And the, the recent revisions that were approved to the reporting tool are now available for you to review. Um, with a lot of changes, um, some good ones uh, for the municipal world. So they've simplified a little bit about how to separate out. They got a lot of comments back from municipal organizations like fire departments that also have EMS, because that's where a lot of the concern is about how to separate out some of those merge costs. And uh, so there are some uh, simplified things for you. So you want to check that out. If you check that out before, um, it's probably a little different and it may give you clarification on a few things. I've also uh, talked with some ambulance services uh, recently that um, have been, you know, made available to the Amber tool that the AAA has. I understand that's been very helpful because it mirrors the reporting tool and it's also a good tool to help you collect the data. So, you know, once again, remind everybody, you can't just let this go. If you do, there will be a 10% decrease in your Medicare dollars. They are checking um, the numbers. And so you just can't go in there and put anything and say, okay, I checked off the boxes. And we've been talking about this <laughs> seemingly forever uh, because of the delay with uh, COVID. But um, when you really want to take this seriously, and we all want to take it seriously again, because we're very much hoping that this will result in an ultimate change to the Medicare ambulance fee schedule, which is so desperately needed. And so that segs into something else I wanted to talk about, and that's the ambulance inflation factor. <laughs> There's a lot of confusion about this. Every year when this comes out, and by the way, we do have a blog and a podcast uh, where we break that down. So feel free to visit our website uh, at QuickMed Claims. But, um, you know, it's 8.7%. So uh, right away, everybody goes into their budgets and they're popping in 8.7%. But uh, put the brakes on, folks, uh, for a minute. 
Um, just yesterday, Gary, uh, I know there was some members of your team that were a little confused because some folks go out there and then they print these, they, you know, here's what here's what you're going to get next year. Well, hold, hold on, because we're not so sure of that yet. Um, so we know that the adjustment is 8.7%, but that doesn't mean that you can consider 8.7% to your Medicare dollars. What it is, it's an adjustment factor that goes into the calculation of what the fee schedule amounts are, the approval amounts. Uh, but still up in the air are a couple things. For one thing, there is a gross practice cost indicator update over the next two years. We call it the GYPSI or the GPCI. This is kind of the regional factor that, and and I'm very simplistic right now. I'm scratching the surface here, but there's a, there's a value that goes into the calculations that accounts for uh, practice costs within the Medicare uh, fee schedule, within the docs fee schedule uh, for different areas. It's why we have different um, fee schedule amounts, say in Pittsburgh versus central Pennsylvania, say there's 30 of them in California, different cost areas. Um, and so you have to factor that in. If that GPCI changes, it may mean that 8.7% is less. And then what we really don't know and are very nervous about are whether uh, Congress is going to extend the extenders. You guys are aware that if you're in a rural area, you get 3% extra. Super rural, you get 22.6% extra. You get 50% extra in rural areas on your mileage. And you get a 2% bump even if you're in an urban area. That has been since the inception of the fee schedule. Um, that may go away. Every couple of years, it has to be extended. Congress was pretty um, poignant about the fact that they weren't crazy on extending it again. They wanted to see the cost data collection. And of course, cost data collection <laughs> was uh, put the brakes on for a little bit. And so delayed to Congress is that report. So now Congress has to consider whether they're going to extend or not. There are bills out there to do that. The American Ambulance Association is actually advocating that they increase the extenders for a little bit and add some percentage. That's all up in the air. And here we are, December 9th. All of that expires December 31st. And then on top of that all is the possibility that 4% cuts in sequestration additional for something called PAYGO, P-A-Y-G-O. And I'm going to turn that over to Ed because I know Ed has some um, latest information on that. But if that enacts, now we lose the extenders. Now you lose the 4%. We could end up at that 8.7 being almost even. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Worst case scenario. But Ed, fill us in a little bit because I know you have some new stuff on Pago. Yeah, exactly, Chuck. You're right. I mean, there's the, there's the more traditional 2% sequestration cuts um, that we all face on a regular basis um, and that they have to be they have to be sort of suspended. And they were during COVID uh, for 20 and 21. Uh, and here we now are again at the end of 22, and the, the more traditional sequestration is in effect. And then you add to the fact that there's this thing called PAYGO. So in a nutshell, essentially, you know, the American Rescue Plan Act of 21 created a tremendous amount of spending in support of what was happening with the economy and COVID, in fact, $1.9 trillion. And there's this automatic factor or feature that is built in to these kinds of things that requires that those funds to be derived from somewhere else. And that's the PAYGO um, sort of uh, concept that we talk about. And so essentially what that would result in is a 4% cut this year in 23. 
Um, it should have gone into effect in 22. It was suspended again due to things that were happening uh, with COVID, but it, it's set to take effect now again in 23. And it's going to require the only way to resolve this issue is legislative relief. So if you've been following the election stuff, you know, um, you know, we now have a, a divided Congress again. There's lots of different things happening post-election. We're in a lame duck session right now, but most of the major healthcare entities, including um, the AAA and the Association of Air Medical Services and such, are out there fighting for another moratorium on the PAYGO cuts. Um, because, as Chuck mentioned, you know, it's a, there's an 8.7% upside, but um, you know, it's we're going to lose 4% of that um, directly related to this particular feature. So, a lot of activity. There seems to be some sentiment on Capitol Hill, especially as you see some of the reports you know the earnings reports from hospitals and health systems essentially this year almost no hospital or health system is in the black and some of that has to do with what's happening in the stock market right because investments make up for most healthcare systems the majority of their actually actual positive bottom line as you guys know and most of our most of our providers our listeners know they're not getting rich in the ambulance business right in fact, they're very lucky without some subsidies, whether it's tax or community support or whatever, to break even in most circumstances. And so here we are. We have a chance to get a little bit of an edge back towards inflation, which has killed us. You know, cost of personnel, cost of equipment, if you can even get an ambulance these days. Um, and we had some relief coming and, and we're fixing to lose half of it. So hopefully uh, we're hearing good things from Congress, but hopefully we'll know in the next couple of weeks whether or not. Um, that particular cut, that 4% cut, is going to be suspended again for 23, which would be tremendously helpful. Well, and the impact, could, if it's going to feel different, because during COVID, there was no sequestration uh, added in. So it seemed like a little bit more money. And then it was phased back in. Now, if you take the additional two more percent phase in on the original right. <laughs> and then add another four, um, it can, and, and the cost of, everything has gone up for you talk to any ambulance administrator out there and um you know the cost of supplies and fuel and everything else has just gone off through the roof and so how do you balance it and then you know i'm talking to folks that are dealing with large increases in their staff um uh health insurance you know because that's adjusting uh, i don't know about you guys but my uh, automobile insurance went up and and we're talking about two 60 year old drivers with you know with cars that are not brand new and it still went up by i think it was 30 dollars a month you know you say well it's but that's a lot now you factor that into your your average ambulance services insurance package and imagine just what those costs of government how do you cover all that Um, it's a real concern and that's why we're seeing ambulance services going out of business we're seeing so many different mergers and acquisitions. And um, I don't know, it's a different landscape today. I, I, I know I would not want to be running an ambulance service. Today. Uh, it's, a, it's a very different landscape. And I, I I would hope it gets better soon, but I worry that it's first, we still haven't hit the tip of the iceberg with some of this stuff. We, you know, we're seeing many of our clients and non-clients that are struggling just to, to make ends meet. And uh, as much as they're trying, it's just, it's hard. And, you know, some people, of course, we have unemployment that still exists out there. And, um, you know, people aren't able to pay their bills. And that includes the ambulance bill. 
And so, you know, makes it tough for them to put the key in, turn the ignition on and respond to that call. It's, uh, it's, it's really sad. And, you know, I appreciate you both your, uh, your comments on these things. And as I think about the struggles of the ambulance services also in the news, especially here in Western Pennsylvania and, and Chuck, you've just had a sad incident in your area. Um, I don't want to use the word plagued, but more so than other years here in Western Pennsylvania, uh, we've had two line of duty deaths um, here in Allegheny County. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's concerning how, how hard this industry has become. And I know some line of duty deaths can't be prevented, but boy, if there's a worse time of year to perish in the line of duty, um, the holiday season makes it tough. And uh, I know we just uh, sadly buried one of our own locally here and, uh, this time last week, and uh, um, it's it's a struggle. So I feel for all those families, firefighters, police, and uh, and and medics that have one less seat at the table this year. And you know, it's it's one thing with the for the businesses to try to keep their doors open, but my gosh, uh, when you lose a comrade and a colleague that's out there working in the street with you because of some sad occurrence. Um, it, it really hits home this time of year. It sure does. Yeah, yeah sure does. our side of the state was hit very heavily just in the last few days. You know, two firefighters and one that's clinging to life right now. Um, it, it's it's a, you know, and then the shrinking number yep. of those of us that are out there, <laughs> uh, EMS and fire both, um, it's concerning. Um, uh, never quite seen it like this. Um, in my home community here, you know, one fire station is about ready to close. Um, they're talking about consolidation, but, um, the, you know, um, the number of older uh, first responders is um, there's a lot of gray hair running out there. And uh, I'll mm -hmm. tell you, it's concerning uh, because is. young people are not embracing uh, for a number of factors, um, be it, you know, the how much they can make or not make and the rigors of the training and uh, the physicality of it all. And there's so, so many factors. And yet there are great kids coming in. Um, I'm very proud to be part of an explorer post where we have about oh, 12 to 15 young people right now, high school students um, that are just really enjoying. And uh, we're, uh, we're very much encouraging that because that's our feeder program here locally. But uh, beyond that, I don't see a whole lot of uh, young folks embracing this, and, yeah, and it's something and I hope changes. I really I do. I think that's one thing that the industry has to concentrate on and look at, because um, are we fostering growth to the degree that it needs to be to bring people into this into this industry? I mean, I, I don't I don't know the answer to that, but uh, you're absolutely right, Chuck. You know, I was out at dinner a couple of weeks ago before Thanksgiving and ran into. Um, you know, two medics at, at a Panera you know, uh, place. And um, these were not young guys and just struck up a conversation. I didn't know them. And, you know, the one is two years out from retirement and the other one's been with the service for like 38 years. And right. you know, these, and, and they're, they're still running 12 and, and 24 hour shifts. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't do well with 12 hours on a normal day here at the office. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let alone you're right on the street. So God bless them as, as it's just amazing to me, but um, Hey, for yeah. our listeners, uh, um, 
pleasure. Um, we're actually, uh, uh, Ed and I have actually a colleague joining us today because Chuck actually is is uh, no longer one of our colleagues. He's now a retiree. We still oh, gosh, I thought you colleague. were going to say no longer with us. Yeah, <laughs> not yet, not yet. He's, he's still able to breathe on his own, so we're glad about that. But Chuck actually retired. What was that, Chuck, September? It was October 1st. Yeah. October 1st. And so this begs the question, uh, first off, we're glad that you continue to join this uh, for, for this uh, I program. Miss it. But what have you been doing with yourself? Well, it's a it's a great question. So uh, uh, I'm still doing a little bit of uh, independent consulting work for some of the teams at QMC, which I've enjoyed very much, though. It means I don't have to get up every morning and sit at the desk. I can pick and choose when I do that. Um, I, uh, I have uh, learned to cook uh, beyond what I had learned to cook before. So that's good. Uh, my wife is a, a school administrator uh, at a local school district. And so I try to have meals prepared when she comes home. Um, and that's, uh, I actually enjoy that. Uh, I um, have um, been keeping the home fires burning as far as doing laundry and uh, doing some cleaning. And so the house is uh, spotless and that's a nice thing. Um, I've spent some time on the street uh, as early as uh, last week. I, uh, I pulled a, a shift with um, the hospital-based EMS where I'm involved here. On Another this side gray hair on the street. There we go. Well, I have to yeah. tell you, um, I did notice that I was the grayest guy in the in the station that day, but I spent one day on a MICU and uh, another day on a, a BLS truck, and uh, we were busy that day, so that was fun. I, I, I um, it's a, I, I'd, in, in days past, of course, working full-time job, I would run a lot of nights and weekends. But being out during the daytime hours, I saw a different side of EMS that I haven't seen for a while, you know, because because sure. uh, I wasn't able to do that. So it was enjoyable. Um, I also realized that I'm uh, at this age wouldn't want to do that every day <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> because God. at the end of 12 hours, you you are definitely ready to uh, to take some downtime. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's fun. I've uh, been able to do some volunteer work a little more at the church and. Uh, some community things with the Chamber of Commerce locally. And uh, so, um, but um, yeah, uh, and I'm glad you guys have me back because I would miss this for sure. And uh, hopefully contribute still some, some sage words of wisdom within the, the revenue cycle management world. But uh, it is nice to, uh, to not get up every day. I will say that uh, mm -hmm. that's a, that's one luxury. If I want to watch a ball game late at night, I don't have to worry about the next day. Although, my wife grimaces as she gets up and heads off to work <laughs> that I still get the luxury of uh, lollygagging around uh, long after she's gone. So, well, that's, that's good. And we're yeah. glad that you're here with us and we wish you well and uh, hope that you'll continue to, to come to our, um, our aid when we need you for these programs. So, so you thank you, but let's see, uh, you know, let's see how good the brain's still working there, Charlie. Um, so let me give you the word of the, the EMS word of the day and see how you fare. How's that? Oh boy. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You may know this word, but anyway, you have to use it in an EMS context. Okay. Oh, so the word is rap, rap, R-A-P, scallion, rap, scallion. There you go, Chuck. It's it's you're into cooking now. So I'm sure you're using yeah. rap, scallion. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you use a lot of those. 
Probably smells wrap, up. I wrap scallions in bacon. That's it smells <laughs> up the whole damn house when poor Brenda comes home. Everything's good in bacon. You know, you can yeah, wrap absolutely. Just, you, can you can wrap Limburger cheese in bacon and somehow it comes out okay. Driveway yeah. stones. Go they go great with bacon. Wrap scallion. Number ten grab. So. Um yeah. well, um we were dispatched to a male who was having difficulty walking because he had a rapscallion on his big toe. I don't know. <laughs> that would be a bunion. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bunion. And that's one hell of a bunion, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, actually, if you could basically say, uh, I, I went into a bar fight. EMS was dispatched to a bar fight. And, I've been uh, to upon, those. <laughs> and upon, yeah. And upon arrival, uh, found two rapscallions uh, in fisticuffs uh, that were both bleeding. And that's a mischievous person. Uh, there you have it. There okay. you have it. So. Yeah, I live in a community of rapscallions. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> there you go. You know, when you live in the coal region, there's a bar on every corner. Right. So the likelihood, if you run an, an EMS ship, that you're going to wind up typically about i find it typically between midnight and 1 30 a.m just before last call it gets very interesting at the local establishments yeah it's well true. it's heartening to know not to digress but it's heartening to know that there is indeed life after retirement that's very yeah. exciting absolutely there yeah, is good. look um, forward to it gents let me tell you well it's 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 coming for me and uh it's coming for ed so we're we're gonna have to just keep this program alive from a retiree standpoint down the road here. Let's see how yes. it happens. Yes, it's uh, good. Hey, uh, I got a crazy EMS story, but I wanted to see if you gentlemen had anything as well. So I don't want to steal the thun steal the show here. No, I have I have well, less just, less interesting stories. Well, uh, before <laughs> before I even tell my story, which is out of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, um, just on the news this morning. And why do you hear this happening? Like, I don't understand what the people who do this want the end result to be. But just on this, the news this morning, they tell us that uh, Pittsburgh City Medics were in taking care of a patient last night. And while they were in taking care of the patient, you know what happened? Somebody steals the ambulance. Oh. Yeah. Ended up in Beaver County, which is an adjacent county to Allegheny, which is where the city of Pittsburgh is. Um, and they basically had a slow speed chase and got this guy, I guess, apparently as he was pulling into his driveway. So, uh, apparently is the intent here to steal it and then just keep it and drive it around town with these people? I don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, right. If, if you want to drive an ambulance, there are people hiring. There are people hiring. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's Isn't not the truth that you can conceal well. Like, you know, if you're driving a Ford Pinto or a Taurus or whatever's out there, you can mix them up on the highway. But an ambulance, it kind an of sticks out a little bit. But Yeah, I, I never understood that. How, first of all, how you feel you're going to get away with it. Yeah. yeah. And, but, and, and and secondly, what, what do you do with it? Yeah, do you do you agree, though, you hear more of these stories? Ambulance? Yeah, sure. Like, it's crazy. It falls under the category, like, really, what are you thinking here? Like, what are you thinking? So, um, but they caught the guy. And, of course, you know, he's in jail. The ambulance is fine. But but I guess they sent another ambulance for the crew and the patient while they were chasing down this other guy who stole it. But uh, that was right here in our city. And that was uh, last night. But the story I have today is kind of funny because um, this comes out of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Isn't that where... Um, 
Dolly Parton was born some, I don't ever remember Pigeon Forge. You guys don't know. What the heck am I asking you for? Um, <laughs> anyway. Wasn't there a Dolly Wood or something down there? Yes, so, there is. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. Is. I'm not sure where that's at, though. I've never been there. But this is out of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. EMS was dispatched uh, to, of all places, the Titanic, the, the ship, the Titanic Museum. And what were they dispatched for? The uh, iceberg that they had made there, I guess, out of plastic, steel, whatever. Then I guess they let people climb on this thing in the museum. The iceberg collapsed. Oh, oh no. And three people were injured, according to the uh, fire, fire chief there and the EMS chief. And they're all expected to survive. But, you know, I guess, uh, how do you write that report? Like, you know, fell from a collapsing iceberg at a museum, at the Titanic Museum. I just found that humorous. I don't know. They needed I that guy, iceberg, iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought for sure you were going to say it was a drowning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some real zany stories out there. Unbelievable. So anyway, yeah. and then I had, um, you know, just uh, uh, been reading these these crazy things and it 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 makes my head spin. Uh, this is this world is just gone loco, just gone loco. That's for sure. So, well, guys, um, you know, as we finish up today, this is the holiday edition and you know, we have to stop, pause and reflect and, you know, be thankful for what this year has brought us. And we're all sitting here still uh, basically healthy and and breathing on our own volition. Um, but, you know, as we come towards the holidays, we can't help but think of those uh, servants, especially our emergency medical providers, service providers that are now preparing to, to work the holidays and be away from their families. And I think you know, it's uh, we tend to forget about all the public servants who are out there protecting us while we join the holiday. So uh, from my standpoint, from me and my family, um, you know, I don't forget about them. I, I appreciate all that they do. And it's just, uh, you know, it's I know it's one day in the month, but it's a big, you know, big Christian holiday. And uh, the folks for them, it's just another day at the office, be it in the air or on the ground. And uh so my heart goes out to all of them, all of public safety, but, uh, you know, obviously EMS is very close to me. So uh, I know you guys feel the same and may want to share some sentiments. Yeah, I, uh, you, you always you think about you, I don't think you do think nobody thinks about those that have to work on a holiday. Uh, and, and we all jockey to try to get off. But there are those that somebody's got to do what they do. So thank you. I, I think thank you is the first thing that we can do. You know, and just uh, you're not forgotten um, and you're not alone. You know, this I'm always go back to this time of year is difficult for people. Um, seek out someone, talk to them, um, you know, a spiritual advisor, a mental health advisor. Um, if the holidays are rough for you, um, you know, and, and, and the other part about EMS and fire is that many have experienced relationship issues and. You know, it's not an easy road that some of us to travel and then the things that uh, we see and do. Um, by all means, don't let this holiday be blue. Uh, there are people out there for you to not only celebrate with, but to unload on. Um, so pick up the phone and call somebody. Ask a friend to sit down and have a talk or, or seek out your spiritual advisor or mental health professional. Or if this time of year has got you down, 
you know, and you're working that day and you're thinking the world doesn't care. First of all, the three of us care. And secondly, we want you to know that there are people out there that, that love you, that appreciate you, um, that know and understand what you do. And uh, without you, who? You know, I, I go back to my, my mother, God rest her soul. Um, one of the first years that I uh, was doing EMS as a volunteer, we sat down at the Thanksgiving table and the tones dropped. And I got up and went to go. And she said, why are you going? I said, if I don't go, who's going to go? She said, well, that's somebody else's problem. I said, no, right now it's mine. And then I left. And then she got it. But there are going right. to be folks in your family they don't understand. That may be your spouse or your children or your mother or your father or whatever. Kudos. Kudos for answering the bell and answering the call. Um, but um, don't let this be a year where you allow yourself to be snowed and uh, uh, know that there are those of us out there that really do care. Yeah, we're, we're grateful for your service and uh, all all throughout the year, but certainly now when you have to be away from your family at this at this time, it's really tough. And I think about you know police, fire, EMS, uh, obviously our, our military folks who are around the world uh, protecting freedom, as well as you know all the healthcare workers that are going to be all the emergency departments that are going to be open doing their thing, the folks in the hospital uh, during this time of the year. It's really challenging and. Um, we appreciate what you do every day, taking care of us and our loved ones. And, um, you know, all of us, all three of us in particular, have all spent some time in the healthcare mm -hmm. system in the last year or two, maybe after many years of not doing so. And so I think, you know, for me personally, I have a new appreciation for, um, you know, the healthcare team that that supports me personally and our family, healthcare teams that support our family. So thank you out there. And please, 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 Make sure you take some time, like Chuck said, to relax and enjoy your family. Um, we know somebody's got to work, you know, through the holidays, but you also make sure you take some time to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Well stated, gentlemen. Well stated. Um, well, as we conclude here, uh, again, we want to wish everybody the best of holiday seasons. Uh, surely a great new year ahead for everybody. Let's Let's hope 2023 continues to put all these pandemics and everything else that we've been dealing with in the rearview mirror. And uh, let's move forward with hopefully 23 is a great year uh, for not only my colleagues here, but for all of our listeners. Um, and we do appreciate you taking time to listen and, and spend a few moments of your day with us. Um, thanks to Chuck and Ed uh, for always joining in. It's always great to be together with you guys. Um, we should just do this more often, but for whatever reason, um, the day gets ahead of us and we don't. So I'm glad we were able to pull it off today and uh, thank everybody else who uh, who tunes in and listens still beyond my realm of thinking why people want to listen to us. But for some reason, this is um, this, this podcast yeah. goes over. So um, we'll keep doing it as long as we keep breathing here, I guess. Um, so all good on our end. And uh you know, feel free if you want to listen to our podcast. You uh, you can find them really on any of the major channels: iHeartRadio, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play. Um, we're on all of them. Just Google uh, or just look for uh, QMC EMS Board and Caller. And uh, you know, we have about 185 or so podcasts out there on everything from soups to soup to nuts as it relates to EMS. So. Uh, we'd love you to take part and thank for thank you all for making us um, such a, a successful podcast over the years. We we do appreciate it. So, gentlemen, uh, thanks to you again and to everybody thank out you, there. Man. 
I'd like to just simply say, hey, be, be safe, safe out, out there. there. Have a great day. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays, guys.